All right, welcome to Ruined for Life, where we talk about uh, all sorts of like everyday things that once you hear our podcast and you see those things in everyday life, it just kind of ruins you because you can't see it the same way again. Never so. see it the same way. Yeah. I'm, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Joel. Today we're talking, what are we talking about today, Joel? Salt and Peppa. The band. Exactly. <laughs> The rap duo. No, we'll talk about salt and pepper. Um, I like actual salt and pepper salt that you put on your food. And pepper that you put on your food. Yeah. I don't know about you. I Growing up, I always thought that salt and pepper were like yin and yang. They were opposites. I thought if something was too salty, you would put more pepper on it and it would temper it out. Really? You, I feel like I'm not the, I can't be the only person who thought that. Like they're like black and white. They I seem like they'd be polar opposites. That is interesting. Wow, that's an interesting way to think about it. They're I, not. I didn't think about it that way. They're okay. not at all. And then, so later on in life, I've actually been kind of curious why pepper is on our table, actually. Because, you know, like Alton Brown says that salt makes food taste more like itself. For those who aren't familiar with Alton Brown. <clears throat> He's a Food Network okay. host, uh, just kind of a scientist of food. Okay. But yeah, that's his, that that's wasn't what he says. for me. That was for everyone for else. For everyone else who doesn't okay. know. No, he's a, so yeah, he's a kind of a food scientist and he, that's what he says is that, pe uh, that salt makes food taste more like itself. So yeah, it'll yeah. make something that's sweet taste actually more sweet, or it'll make something that's savory taste more savory. Um, so that's a lot essentially of times, what that, that Netflix documentary, uh, I can't remember the acid, four things. salt, fat. Yeah. In some order salt, like that. Salt, acid, salt, fat, acid, fat, heat. heat. So essentially, essentially what that girl says too. Yeah. I don't know that she, I mean, it, it's probably a universal concept. Maybe Elton Brown didn't invent that concept or that knowledge, but yeah. So I then, but, uh, you know, I've always wondered like, what's the purpose of pepper? That's a very lot of peas there. What is the purpose of pepper in our cooking? Because like salt makes food taste more like itself, but pepper makes things spicy. And tons of recipes say add a pinch of salt and pepper. Yeah, literally almost every, well, not literally, almost every recipe that you will see says salt and pepper to taste. And I didn't know why. I was actually wanting to research why we put pepper on everything. And it turns out... It's very arbitrary. We like we shouldn't put pepper on anything. In fact, like just like we have salt and pepper on the table, like it would be just as arbitrary as having like salt and cumin on the table. Like there's no reason for it because pepper is its own flavor, its own like spice. You shouldn't use it universally. It actually limits the like the excitement, the excitingness of pepper by using it too much. So how did we get salt and pepper as our the the go-to well i researched like that. salt makes sense because i mean salt's got well we'll talk about salt in a well that's the idea yeah. like, you should really essentially probably more likely use like salt and sugar on the table or salt and msg which has its own <laughs> salt and msg but i mean if the idea is to make something more flavorful you know salt, uh, sugar actually takes the bitterness out of stuff um, well and msg kind of has its own it's one of, like the fifth the fifth flavor right you got salty sweet bitter mommy yeah, what? what? Umami. Hey, hey, your mommy's my mommy, so watch out. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Such quality humor on this podcast. <laughs> Umami? Umami. No, but <laughs> and so in, in the researching, I was actually seeing that like previously, uh, chefs would actually have like sweet and salty things brought out together. 
it wasn't until like French, I think it was like Louis the 14th that they started changing the order of things because uh, sugar actually makes us feel more like satisfied as far as like my, our, my appetite feels satisfied when I have something sweet. And so the goal was, you know, the goal previously was to just fully satisfy your, your appetite. But uh, chefs started changing it where basically salt was making you want more food and more food and more food. And then at the end, they would have an, a dessert that would then finally satisfy your appetite. And that, that was like a thing they did. So it wasn't like, so really, frankly, That's salt. where dessert at the end of the meal came from. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And the the idea of pepper was actually, again, Louis the Fourteenth is he was a very picky king. He didn't like very many flavors. Like he hated spices. He hated any like Eastern uh, cuisine because that was all very spice oriented. Uh, so he only wanted salt and pepper on his food because he felt like that's you could still taste like the chicken or the vegetable if it was just salt and pepper. So he exclusively used salt and pepper in his cooking, and that's really where we got our usage of salt and pepper on the table. It shouldn't actually be a thing. Like it, it it's not actually pepper is not an important part of the thing. Really? Yeah. And then what's even crazier is that I found out recently uh, that there are actually more than just like black peppercorn is like one type of pepper but there are tons of different types of peppers yes there's red peppercorn there's pink peppercorn green peppercorn green is one of my favorites white peppercorn and they're actually you should be using different ones for different meats or for different foods like so one of my new favorite things i go to this restaurant that they have this blueberry muffin and they give you this pink peppercorn butter so it's like this sweet flavor like is pink peppercorns. Spicy? Is pink peppercorns? It's spicy? a little bit spicy, but it's almost like a sweeter thing. So pink peppercorn is actually really commonly used in dessert. Uh, then like you have the green peppercorn, which tends to be used more in chicken. Um, white peppercorn. I've used that a lot in like spice rubs for meats, but hmm. uh, really typically only beef and black pepper are the combination that you do as far as meat goes. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I, so I, uh, I think it was, I think it was mom. She was in Turkey or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she brought me some green peppercorns and I loved it. No, you're not supposed to use green peppercorns on Turkey. You're supposed to use those on chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a Turkey. No. <laughs> so when I was in Israel a couple months ago, I saw they had like piles of green pepper. And well, first of all, I looked on Amazon and pepper, green peppercorns kind of pricey here. Like mm-hmm. if you just want the peppercorns. Well, you get brined peppercorns too, or do you get fresh? No, I get, so I get them myself at, I go to this little lovely market in Israel. No, I just happened to be there and I, and I saw they had it in bulk. So they, <laughs> what do, do you have to pay customs on that? Cause isn't that like one of the things that you're not supposed to bring back is like, nah, you can produce. bring it back. As long as you declare stuff, you can bring stuff back. There's certain stuff they don't want. I think they don't <clears throat> like raw meats and stuff. You gotta uh-huh. But yeah, as long as you declare it, the big thing is if you don't declare it. Yeah. Yeah, so if you, just, if you just walk through and be like, I declare, I declare. And they're like, Oh, cool. Right. He's declaring. <laughs> he declares. Yeah. So, I mean, we, you, you and I both know a guy that got busted cause he didn't declare some stuff he brought back from China. Do I? Yeah. We won't use his name here to protect him here, but we know a guy that got busted big time by customs cause he didn't declare something and it was something perfectly legal for him to bring in. He just didn't declare it. What was it? It, I'll tell you later. Anyway, it's, we can't talk. About I actually did hear about a story about a guy that was bringing in some, like he went on a hunting trip and he, he shot a bunch of Kodiak bears. What? Uh, yeah. He shot a bunch of Kodiak bears and he was trying to bring them back into the country. And they, at, at the customs aid, like the customs, they were actually, they grabbed a, like a machete and they were chopping off the arms of these Kodiaks. And the guy was so frustrated. He said, you know, why are you chopping off 
the arms only and then like they're discarding the rest of the carcass and just giving them the arms and the american customs agent said well you know this is america you only have the right to bear arms not to bear chest or bear legs oh my gosh okay so back to the green peppercorns from israel um so I got them and I brined them myself. And yeah. That was right. So brining just meaning like soaking in salt water. Yeah. So in, which is interesting that salt is... That Makes pepper taste more like pepper. Eh, so see, well, That's so crazy. See. That's a crazy thought. Yeah. So salt is... A, is Salt's pretty fascinating. And actually salt has been kind of on my mind a lot lately because... Yeah. A doctor... It's been on my... Pepper's been on my mind. Really? Yes. This is so providential here that we're talking <laughs> about this. But the two reasons. One, uh, a, a doctor recently told us, we were, we were talking about how thirsty we are all the time. Uh-huh. And she was saying she thinks we drink too much water and it flushes the salt out of our body and so i guess like you know we have to have a we have to have i think it's every human has like an average of 200 i think it's 250 grams of salt in your body at any Uh time but if you drink too much water it can actually flush the salt out yeah because salt is an electrolyte it is it is one of many there's actually yeah sodium i it's called uh Hyponatemia is what hyponatemia? happens when you get too much salt flushed out of your body. So that was one reason it came in. So we've been kind of changing our diet to get more minerals in our water. To get more salt. So it's, well, just minerals in general. But yeah, mineral general. And then, then recently we took a little trip to Germany. And while we were in Germany, we went across the border to this place called Altazé. And the reason I went there was because... That doesn't sound like a German word the way you're saying that. Altazé. 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 It's there. Austrian. It's Austrian. Oh, okay. But well, they, that wouldn't wouldn't that be more like Altazan, mate? Uh, no, 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 no. The that, that no, I'm thinking Austri- 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 Australian. Talking, yeah, they stopped talking that way once the uh, once the uh, kangaroos were extinct there, but in Austria, in Austria. But um, so we went to this mine, and the reason this mine is famous is because. At the end of World War II, Hitler, he was basically pillaging the whole of Europe of art. Mm-hmm. And one of his goons went to this salt mine in Austria, in Altaze, and he saw how well it preserved some paintings that they had had, because salt it really is, has a preservative nature to it. So he built, he built like six, um, he had the miners build six specific caverns, and he brought all, mo- like huge amounts of art that he had pillaged from France and yeah. Belgium. Uh, it's in that movie, um, Monuments Men. Monuments Men, yeah. yeah. So it was that mine we went to. And what was really creepy is, so when you go to this mine, first of all, we had to put on these special outfits, and it was really cold because you go about, I think they said we're going to go a kilometer and a half into the mountain. So you go a kilometer and a half into the mountain. And you For go those these, of us in the United States, what's a kilometer yeah, and a so, half? whatever like a mile um, like a mile it's like a mile yeah so we went like a mile into this mountain it just gets getting colder and colder and colder and colder but the air is it's fascinating because it's all it's like salt so everything's preserved and what's crazy is you can actually because everything's so well preserved the wood looks brand new but they said it's the original wood that the guys that hitler assigned to build these bunkers for the art Uh uh-huh it's so well preserved because of the salt yeah wood gets preserved by salt so and then at the end of the war, I mean, isn't that how they mummify people? Is is salt? I think I don't, maybe. I mean, you yeah. use that for meat when you cure meat. Yeah, that would like that's you can have like eight like really old meat that's uncooked that's cured in salt. That's, yeah, it preserves, it dries it out. 
<laughs> well, and it actually, like, the chemical process makes it, like, the bacteria not work away at it, basically, is what it is. I think it limits bacteria's growth, right? I think. We're not scientists, but... I don't know. So, anyways, at the end of the war, Hitler knows things are going down, so he tries to... He, so he gets tries to get this... He's going to blow up this salt mine. Well, so, you know, I actually saw that he... Uh, that it was recorded he visited that salt mine before all this stuff went down when all the art was in there and they recorded like his his words of whenever he saw all of that art in there he said it's mine it's salt it's salt mine <laughs> Woo. I have to edit some of these man. I've been working on that the whole time you've been talking I feel, <laughs> I feel assaulted by your bad humor <laughs> so anyways he was gonna blow up this mine yeah the miners ended up realizing they, they gave him these six crates and they had each crate put he had kids working in there yeah exactly the miners m-i-n-e-r-s cr- he took oh, the okay. crates uh, into these bunkers and the, one of the miners is like wait a second why are we taking one crate into each of these and then they figured out there were bombs to blow up the whole mine and basically bury all of the art of Europe wow these miners ended up doing a secret so if I can't have it no one can have it exactly yeah a secret, talk about take my ball and go home yeah it wasn't even his ball yeah. um so he took they they miners anyways saved the art by taking the bombs out and then it gets rescued etc. But it was interesting because we learned a whole lot about salt. Yeah, on that salt tour, more than just its use as a flavoring. Well, because so this was a different kind of salt. So this is the salt that they pull out of the mountains, but there's also salt that they do in um, like in California where they dry it in the beds. Yeah. And, oh, that actually reminds me when we lived in Cusco, they also did it that way. Like there's these salt uh, spring springs, and so they put these. Uh, they made terraces, and the salt would go down, and then as it sat there and the sun dried it in the heat there, it was... There are terraces in Peru? Lots of terraces. Okay. <laughs> terraces. So, it's pretty interesting. Salt's a fascinating thing. No, yeah, I actually saw today when I was doing a little bit of research on this that we, in the U.S., we consume 6.5 million tons of salt a year in America, in the U.S. Well, they say we eat, and most people say we eat too much salt. I don't, I don't know, know about that because that's I mean what you were saying is if we're depleting it by drinking too much water but most of us don't drink enough water that's true yeah so that's not the issue anyone has I think we're you're supposed to drink like three liters of water a day and that's not most I don't know I tend to ha- I tend to get headaches whenever I am drinking only filtered water so I've lately had to like hmm. do orange juice or other different things to get my electrolytes back in because salt at some point too much water doesn't actually help me hmm so, here's another interesting random fact about salt. Did you know the word salary comes from salt? Because you used to get paid in salt? Exactly. Really? Salarium was what a Roman soldier used to get paid. It was their portioning of salt. Salarium, salary, from salt, like in Spanish, sal. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because they used to actually also use pepper as a currency. When I was doing my research today... I found out that Alaric the Visigoth, when he sacked Rome in the 5th century, he basically held it for ransom, and the like the ransom was 3,000 pounds of peppercorns. Like, not money. He wanted peppercorns in order to give Rome back. So he paid his soldiers in pepper. Rome paid their soldiers in salt. Uh-huh. And look who won. Look who won. <laughs> Visigoths are nowhere to be found. Who was that king? Alaric. Spell that. A-L-A-R-I-C. That's an interesting name. I'm guessing it's Alaric based on all the vampire fiction shows I watch who oh, tend to pronounce certainly. it like that. That's Yeah, salt. And there's a book by Mark Kurlansky I read a few years ago about salt, and he's, he basically looks at it for 
basically the power of it was the preservation power. It was the first thing that you could use to preserve things for long periods of time. Yeah. And that's why salt is such an important thing. Salt is important. Before refrigeration. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things, I think our sister actually has this salt thing really knocked out. Cause like, I don't know, something about every time she makes a dessert, I really enjoy it. And what it is is she adds a ton of salt to it. Which I thought was, I, I, I don't know, do you ever always like, you ever like look at uh, recipes for um, cookies and it calls for like a teaspoon of salt? Mm-hmm. Like I originally, whenever I started making cookies, I was like, this is stupid. I don't yeah, want salt in my cookies. Yeah, the we make want salt. They all want salt. And I was like, this is, I don't want to add salt to my cookies. And I made it without salt and it was just bland. And then I, again, as I was learning about food, I realized, man, salt is actually a valuable mm. part of baking. Do you remember grandma used to put salt on watermelon? Oh, I love salt on watermelon. Yeah. I've tried to introduce that to everyone in our family, and no one seems to be into it, but I love it. I, watermelon's sweet as it is. It's, you know, what's interesting. In that documentary, we were talking about that heat, salt, acid, fat, or whatever. It's on Netflix if you're curious. Definitely worth it. I was kind of, like, du- dubious about, like, w- do I watch a documentary on A documentary fat? about food. Fat, yeah. But yeah, it was really actually pretty interesting. Well, it was interesting because she showed that salt actually will cut the heat. Of something. So like whenever you have really spicy salsas, <gasps> yes. you add salt to it and it actually makes the heat more tolerable. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting, which might might indicate why they always salt margaritas. Oh yeah, they put the all around the edge the of the dress. It. We were in we were like my wife and I we Are margaritas spicy? I don't no, know if I've ever had a margarita. But I think it's like when you combine the flavors together, right? Like, so, like, I never really liked salt on a margarita, but we took a vacation to Cabo um, a couple of months ago. And then my wife, Carolina, was, like, obsessed with salt on margaritas. And we, we'd never have liked it before. But there was something about, like, being outside in the heat. So maybe the, the idea of rehydrating ourselves and then the spicy tacos we were eating that, like, mm. it was, like, the perfect thing. That's true, man. Spicy, spicy food. There was something about the context of that that made it work for us so if the salt okay so i'm thinking about the salt and pepper thing how interesting i wonder if other places maybe there's some listener out there that could respond to this Mm -hmm. at our call-in line oh wait we don't have one (laughs) um so do other do other countries not put salt and pepper like maybe in the east they put salt and cumin well japan they don't really have salt on the table because they have so much like between soy sauce and other things that they do whenever they're cooking the food the salt is already so prevalent that you wouldn't think to add salt to something yeah that's true well the uh i remember a stat someone said like 75 percent of salt we get is already in our food Mm -hmm. which is why adding more you got to be cautious about it but so yeah, so that is interesting. That so it's a it's a distinctly Western thing to put salt and pepper together. Yeah, adequate adequate. Well, I mean, I think Western is in starting in France. Like it, it yeah. is very yeah, prevalent Western. around the world. Well, it's for Western, but but it was started Western very much. That did you know the etiquette too? Like official etiquette that when somebody asks you to hand them the salt, you never divorce the salt and pepper. Is don't divorce them. You hand the salt and the pepper together. Yes, I guess you don't do that in Japan though. It'd be looking for a long time. You said there's no pepper. Yes. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. Yeah, that's a cultural, that'd be a big cultural a challenge. A big right? cultural taboo. Yeah, it's like, hand me the salt. Where's the pepper? Where's the pepper? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, interesting. Well, oh, here's a, here's a random salt thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when we were in Israel, back to Israel, yeah. um, 
we went, we went to the Dead Sea and it's so saturated because there's no outlet of the salt. The, I don't ever so saturated. Saturated. I can't float. I've never been able to float. Did you? So know you're that? talking about in a pool? If you try to like, I can't lay on your float back. in a pool. I don't actually float very well either. Like I try to, and my body just starts. Seeing, my head, my yeah. head will float, but nothing else will float. The water was so thick with salt and other, I guess other random minerals at the Dead Sea that you like you can't. I, I could actually float. And they warned us. They said if you have open wounds, don't get in the Dead Sea because yeah. the salt is so potent. And they're like, don't It'll duck. Heal your it head. immediately. No, and don't duck your head under. Because if it gets in your eyes, like, so you can't go under the water. Would it de- dehydrate your eyes? Because salt actually sucks water out of things, I right? I guess it would just, yeah, like burn them, burn, burn them with salt. Yeah. Because I mean, salt is, I mean, salt's powerful whenever I cook with zucchini. Cause I hate like the, like the goopiness of zucchini. One thing I saw from watching this Julia Child's, um, goopiness of zucchini. This, yeah. Yeah. This Julia Child's, uh, uh, cooking show is she said, basically what you do is you salt the zucchini um, when it's cut open and then that pulls the, the, the water out of it and then you can like dry it down so you can like pull the water out of your zucchini a little bit faster. Oh, they, you can do that with tofu too, to dry the tofu out. Tofu. So Joel says tofu, dofu because, well, cause that's why when I first started eating tofu was in China, tofu? they call it tofu, tofu, but tofu and tofu are the same thing. It's They're just, you're pronouncing thing. it like, yeah, tofu yeah. is tofu. My wife incidentally gets really upset when I do that with words. Like when I go to a Mexican restaurant and I'll take, I'm like, I'll take the tacos a la Oaxaca or something. And if I say it in a, like a, the way that like they would say it in Mexico, she gets upset at me for some reason. She gets a little salty about that. huh? She gets salty about that. Or whenever I go to a, a, a cafe and I order croissant. Croissant. Like, <laughs> I that would be obnoxious. <laughs> I feel like it's respectful Excuse to me, the... Could I have a croissant? Could I take a croissant and a café au lait? Café au lait. Au lait. But, uh, no, so, um, interesting. I was curious, though, because we brought this up at the beginning of the podcast, is we were talking about monosodium glutamate. And I remember I was approaching you a few months ago yeah. that I was contemplating integrating monosodium glutamate into my cooking you came to me like a trump supporter it was very quietly and cautiously you were like hey man how did can we just leave like politics somehow no, out of the conversation like, hey man, what do you think of what do you think of msg <laughs> it is it's an inflammatory topic <laughs> that's right that's the, that's that's the accusation against really msg support trump support. no hey man, what do you think of msg msg was the trump of the 90s <laughs> <laughs> causing a lot of headaches a lot of, a lot of issues <laughs> no but so i was actually because i've been doing some research about msg and there's been a lot of um a lot of anger against msg but it's been unfounded they haven't found any scientific proof that msg does anything to anyone except of course if you're allergic to it some people are allergic just like gluten some people are allergic to gluten some would say the same about trump (laughs) okay (laughs) let's get off the trump topic but but so i was i was approaching and i was like you know i'm kind of thinking about getting msg into my diet and you already have did you start doing that did you buy some i was like dude i've been on the msg train for years before you even knew it (laughs) No, actually, that reminds me of that. Didn't you have this exchange student that one time you were helping her at the grocery yes. store? Tell us that story. I thought that was fascinating. Uh, man, I'd forgotten about that. So there, there was this. Uh, I was at uh, the A and M Corpus campus, and it was er, it was early before semester started, and all the international students were there. Mm-hmm. And there was this poor little girl wandering around, like a little Chinese girl wandering around, no English, spoke no English, um, and I was like, 
spoke no English or like some English? No. <laughs> Maybe three words. Huh. And I had actually just gotten back from China. I'd been in China for four months. So at that time, my Chinese was, and it was on fire. I knew like seven words. <laughs> so uh, I offered to take her to the grocery store. And How did you offer? I'm curious about this. He's pointing at me, pointing at himself, and then pointing food, mouth, because that doesn't translate on podcast very well. And uh, she, we needed to go to video on the podcast here, but yeah. so I took her to the store, and it was in Corpus, though, and it was a little H-E-B there. It wasn't like a big H-E-B. So. H-E-B, which is like the Texas grocery store. And she was store. frantically looking up and down the aisles for this, and I was like, what, in, what is she looking for? And finally, oh, I think I... I think we pulled it up on our phone or something like that. And she pointed out, I was like, oh, she's looking for MSG. Like that was like, well, no, you took thing. her to the salt. She was looking for like a white powdery thing. She, she said that and you took her to salt. She's like, no, 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 no. That's not it. Oh, is that what? I don't remember. Sorry, I'm correcting your own story. When we figured out what it was, though, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a staple thing for her. She's asking for MSG. The thing about MSG, that, that it gets a bad rap is it's, it's natural. MSG it's is a natural naturally thing. occurring, isn't it's it? Extracted occurring. from seaweed. Seaweed, exactly. Yeah. So I, a lot of, which makes sense because seaweed in the ocean, monosodium glutamate, sodium, which would be salt. So basically, it's like a different form of salt. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is, whenever you're cooking with MSG, you substitute basically half of the salt for MSG, and it gives you that umami flavor, that fifth flavor that's like a mouthy, like makes your mouth water. It's actually still like as much as they've like uh, villainized it. It's still in a lot of the foods we eat. It's still in you know Doritos. They just call it something different. They call it something different, but it's in yeah. so many of the foods that we eat, and it's no one ever, no one even worries about it. Uh, salt substitute tends to be MSG stuff. When well, that's right. Salt Meat tenderizer too usually mm-hmm. has MSG. Yeah, so it's natural. They extract it from uh, from al- alga. From algae. 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 <laughs> Algae. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I don't have, I, I, well, when I started, so when I started going to cook Asian food, I, I looked into MSG cause I, you know, everybody dogs on MSG and then all this stuff was like, I already like to do it for myself. And I went, <laughs> what, what really convinced me is I saw a Smithsonian article and I was like, well, mm-hmm. this is a pretty legitimate unbiased, you know, I mean, I, I would think they're unbiased. Who knows? Everything's biased now, but especially against MSG. Again, this is not a conspiracy theory <laughs> podcast. But but uh, they said, you know, this is a naturally occurring thing, and mm-hmm. in moderation, it's not you know, everything. Well, salt in excess is a bad thing, so MSG yeah. in excess would be a bad thing. If you're just sitting there, like my daughter, licking the salt. <laughs> licking Wait, the what? Salt container. <laughs> she uh, just licks salt? The other day, she started licking salt, and we called a uh, friend of ours, and she's like, that means she needs a little more salt in her diet. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, isn't that, isn't that pica? Is that what that's called? Whenever you have like your, oh, that's iron. That's a missing, missing iron, I think. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, so I looked it up and, and I started using MSG. The thing that I didn't realize though mm-hmm. is Asian food depends heavily on high heat. Yes. So you can use MSG and you still go, why does it not taste as good as a restaurant? And there are some restaurants that make it and they say no MSG in our food, but it still tastes really good. And the secret is because of the high heat. I actually saw an article that said when those places say no MSG in their food, they usually still use it. <gasps> that, you said this wasn't a conspiracy show, bro. It was a reputable article. Yeah. I can't tell you what the article was, but it was online, so it must have been reputable. What's, what is interesting, though, with, like, with the high heat, when I finally bought a walk, an outdoor walk, and I can cook it 500 degrees. Which, di- which way do you walk? Uh, walk you know, this way? This way. Walk like an Egyptian. Um, <laughs> And that was when, a missed when I finally did it, I actually, so now bottom line is I don't use MSG anymore 
because the flavor I thought I was missing in my cook at home Asian food was because I didn't have the heat level. So hmm. I don't even use the MSG anymore because I just cook it in that 500 degree heat. Interesting. So, yeah. Flavor. It's an interesting thing. Well, uh, closing comments. What is the most flavorful thing you've ever eaten? I know you're a big fan of Mediterranean food. In which corner of the, the flavor triangle here? We're we talking salt. Let's talk talk salt or pepper. Whatever, whichever, whichever one of those you want to do. What's the best? The best salty thing I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, the saltiest thing. What's yours? Man, actually, it's ramen. There's this ramen from a place here in town called Kimura. Apparently, our friend Anthony says that it's the most like Tokyo ramen he's ever had. Um, and it's just so salty and like amazing. It just makes me so thirsty, but it's so good. Mm. So a good, a good bit of ramen, which makes sense. Again, Japanese, Japanese are like the king of salt. Yeah. I, I think, I, I don't know. I like one of my favorite flavors and I think it's salty because I think sauerkraut is, I like sauerkraut. Sauerkraut is salty. And I think that's all they do is they put salt. It's vinegar as well. Salt and vinegar on cabbage yeah. and that's it, right? Yeah, or I think you actually ferment it is what you do. Like the Which traditional the sauerkraut it, right? is the fermentation. I don't actually know the science there. Because I, I think there's, yeah, I think it's the salt and vinegar that, that ferment it. Well, it's usually sugar. Sugar ferments because you make kombucha. And make, sugar is vital for the fermentation process. Yes. So you probably know more about fermentation than I do. Uh, we'll have to do another show on that. We should definitely that's a whole do a another show about rabbit, uh, That's another rabbit trail there. It's crazy when you think about those people who are like fermenting sea urchins for like 30 years and like, anyways, we'll, we'll get into that another time. But yeah. hey, it's been great. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you subscribe, let someone know about it who you think would enjoy it too. It's been great talking to you.